0: nfl show firstly thank you for listening to the show we truly appreciate all our listeners if you are enjoying the show please consider rating reviewing and subscribing on whichever podcast platform you are listening on it makes a huge difference it helps others to find the show and we would massively appreciate it also, reach out to us on social media. We love interacting with listeners and with fans from wherever you are in the world. And with that said, on with today's episode.
1: Welcome into the Irish NFL show as we continue our look at the AFC Conference. And this division was arguably one of the most talked about divisions last season. I imagine it will be the same come this season, 2023 season, the AFC East. Colin, Connors, great to have you here with me for this Recap of a very interesting
0: division. Great. Yeah, lots, lots, uh, lots happening in in this division. Obviously, in the off season, so plenty for us to to delve into ever before training camps even begin. Connor.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about this one. My old friend Aaron Rodgers, obviously, still the owner of the Bears, as he tell you himself. So you know, obviously, I wish ownership well in their new location. <laughs>
1: Well, I'll start with you, Connor, And and I was looking at the uh, division order from last season, and the Jets did come come last. But now, in fairness, they were in the melting pot for quite a nice part of the season, so maybe it's a little bit unfair to say they were the worst team in the division. But look, this long drawn out saga finally came to an end at the week of the draft, which was the Aaron Rodgers trade. And it's not just that Aaron Rodgers that's come, you know, come over. It's well, I wouldn't say it's the entirety of the Packers team, but it's so many players that have jumped on this bandwagon. It does kind of remind me a little bit of the Tom Brady-esque situation in Tampa. But should we be as high on on the Jets that, say, the NFL media are across 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 the States, across Europe? Like, they do have a, a good team, really strong offense, and he's kind of obviously fit into that. But it is very much a, a win-now type of scenario.
2: It is, yeah. And I, I was thinking about this earlier, as in, What's the maximum level the Jets can get to here and fail and for it still to have been a qualified success, right? Sorry, I know that's a kind of a a very convoluted way to describe it, but if they get to a Super Bowl and lose, is that acceptable? If they get to the AFC Championship game and lose, is that acceptable? If they get to a divisional round and they go out, which has been the pattern for Aaron Rodgers since he actually won the Super Bowl, let's not forget, um, that's probably a bust. For for this year, you know, then he's going into the next year, and you got a forty-year-old quarterback. You know, a lot of this depends, obviously, as everybody's been saying, on what version of Aaron Rodgers we get. Do we get MVP Aaron Rodgers? Do we get what the narrative is telling us out of the the off season? You know, the big love in there, and everybody himself included, looking refreshed and renewed. And this is the the weight off his shoulders now, and he rolls into town as you say with with some of the band back together. All the superannuated members of the of the Green Bay receiving core, anyway, went with him, and. And you quite rightly call out the Tom Brady comparison because that example, uh, that template clearly lives rent-free in Aaron Rodgers' head. Like, that seems to have been the genesis of all the trouble. Like Forget about drafting Jordan Love and what that did to to, to Aaron Rodgers' mentality. That seemed to get the best out of him, arguably, as as I've I've talked about previously on, on another podcast. The fact that Brady pitches up and Brady gets Leonard Fournette and Brady gets Gronk and Brady... Gets the 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 books to take a punt, and it was a massive punt when you think about it. Even though it did work out until it didn't on Antonio Brown. You know, Rogers is looking at that and going, "Why won't the Packers do that for me? Like all they ever do is seem to push against me. You know, here I am and I'm in my prime, and we have the window and it's still open wide, and all we need is one or two more pieces. And Brady rocks into town and gets everything he wants, and they go they go and get the ring. And um, the Packers do nothing for me. They 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 finally draft an offensive player in the first round, and what do they do? They draft my replacement. Um, and that seems to have really set the the pigeons racing in his head and, and brought about this, this what seemed for years to be an inevitability, and, and now it's finally done. But a lot of what transpires, I think, in, I was going to say, New York, New Jersey, this, this season will depend on the extent to which Rogers shows the kind of leadership that got Brady where he is. Like, let's think about the things that Aaron Rodgers does well. Uh, even I will admit having, you know, and I'll spare you my extended years of trauma, and, you know, he's, what 24 and 5 against the bears over his career in the in the nfc north but you know as good a quarterback as i've ever seen throw a ball and i will absolutely give him that any, any day of the week and um, you know fits the ball into incredible tight windows has incredible vision incredible pre-snap read you know you look at all that stuff he does when nobody takes better advantage of a free play than him nobody's more accurate from from hail mary's which is you know supposed to be a contradiction in terms. You're just tossing the ball up. Not when you're Aaron Rodgers. He, he is amazing. And if you get the best version of Aaron Rodgers, they're absolutely Super Bowl contenders. We all know that. But what happens when you get a bump in the road? A, a word that you don't associate with Aaron Rodgers is accountability. It's always someone else's fault. It was Lafleur's fault for not going for it on fourth down uh, against the books. It was um, the, the, the defense's fault. It was the special team's fault. It was the receiving corps' fault. It's always someone else's to blame when Rogers and we talked about it before again, but I'll, I'll say it once more, didn't show up for the for, for the OTAs last year when he had a young receiving corps. You heard Romeo Dubs, and, and to be fair, the Packers generally haven't you know thrown any dirt on his coffin since he left Green Bay, and, and you haven't heard angry words or, or vindictive words from any of the players, which is probably a good sign and maybe is better reflective of the leadership he shows in the locker room than sometimes what we see outside. But one interesting and perhaps telling comment from Romeo Dubs was that Dubs said, Rogers barely even spoke to him. Like that's not a way of getting your young receivers on board and and engendering the type of team culture that that sees you well when when you need to show resilience, and um, and and you look at that Jets schedule, like they, it, it's like starting the week on leg day. You know, it might be good for you, but do you really want to go there first up? Like they have the Bills first up, they have the Cowboys, they have the Eagles, and they have the Chiefs all in their first six games. Like obviously, you're playing. Arguably the best team in your division, arguably the best team in the NFL, and arguably one of, if not the best team, depending on how they go in the other conference. All in your first six weeks, you come out of that four and two, and you know then you're starting to believe. But you come out of that one and five or two and four, and already looking for snookers. You know then we'll see what kind of leadership Rogers is really primed to provide uh, in New York, and whether he is the guy that can that can deliver them that title. You know because if we're talking about the Jets as contenders. We're, we're denying the evidence of our eyes over, over how many years you're expecting a team with a historically losing culture to suddenly flip it around. And look, let's face it, that's what keeps most of it involved and in, interested in the NFL every year. The idea, which is, you know, genuinely at times when you squint and when you wish hard enough, just about possible to do in the NFL, and we can all call out examples of when it has actually happened. Um, but that's what you're expecting the Jets to do, to turn history on its head um, and deliver the Lombardi back to back to New York for the first time since, since Willie Joe named it.
1: Connor's made some really very valid points around the Packers and this lost relationship between Rodgers and some of the players over the course of the last few years. And and particularly, he was very vocal about some of the preparation of the players in the last offseason during the training camp. Garrett Wilson was very excited about him coming in. Brees Hall's coming back from a serious injury, but looked a great running back. You know, very excited. On the other side of the ball, you saw Skardiner. All these players that seem to want to play with Rodgers. And you called it out on the show, and, and Connor's rightly called it out. This kind of refreshed looking Aaron Rodgers that we saw from day one. But he has said a couple of little things already, little nuggets of information, you know, during during these uh, voluntary camps around the level of expectation and the commitment the players have to show and the desire. I don't think necessarily anybody is kind of doing anything in, in particular that he's not happy with, it, but he is already kind of pushing the needle. With Nathaniel, with Nathaniel Hackett there, who has the relationship, Robert Sala, like, where ultimately do you see the pressure throughout the course of the season? Because Aaron Rodgers can very much step into the, it's my first year here, if teams don't go according to the plan. Is it on... Salah because he has to be on a bit of pressure to deliver with the amount of players now Joe Douglas has put at his disposal. I think there's pressure
0: on all of them, right? Because Connor points out about Brady, right? And Brady walked in to Tampa Bay and, and wins the Super Bowl in year one. And I think like there's so there's so many things to this, right? The the thing is with Brady and, and Manning, people forget like for or, or just choose to ignore They were both free agent signings, right? There was no trade that you had to do. You didn't have to give up any capital. You were able to build teams around them immediately, which hasn't been the case with Russell Wilson, with Deshaun Watson, and now with Aaron Rodgers. You know, you had to give up quite a lot. And so I do think there will be pressure on Rodgers himself. I think he can, and he looks refreshed because, look, he's walked into a situation where Zach Wilson, Mike White, Joe Flacco, Josh Johnson, Sam Darnold, Luke Falk, Trevor Simeon, Josh McCown. I mean, he is a peacock in a turkey pen. Uh, he, he can absolutely lord it over all of those, right? And he has a ring. And sorry, Connor, but like the Jets are the, the only the Bears have had this worse history of franchise QBs, right? And so he goes in there and he is hailed instantly because he has, he has the ability. He has, um, you know, the, the ring that they don't have. But I, I do think there will be expectations. The, the hacker thing, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how that goes. Because remember when, yeah, okay, they got on and we heard Aaron Rodgers talk very favorably about Nathaniel Hackett. That was the reason Nathaniel Hackett got the Broncos' job was the hope of enticing him in. But Hackett didn't call plays when, you know, he was in Green Bay. So there is huge pressure on Nathaniel Hackett. And if they get off to a bad start, particularly if it doesn't look good on offense, I think that people will immediately start pointing fingers at Hackett and rightly so. I mean, look, I, I mentioned it before, but it's worth highlighting. The crowd were counting down the play clock. That's how bad things were. The Jets cannot afford that, you know. The Broncos had a number of kind of high-profile games at the start of last year. There's the immediate spotlight on you. That will be ever, ever brighter in New York and with the opening games that Connor has outlined. And obviously, for, for Salah, I mean... You know, he looked this was gonna happen, right? And they had to upgrade at, at QB, obviously. And they've gone out and got Rodgers. But to Connor's question around, you know, what for it to be considered justified, I think it has to be that they're they're at least at least in the championship game, but more realistically probably in the Super Bowl. Um they can if they lose it, they lose it, but I think they have to to be there because of what they gave up and the window is so small. Like what are we talking about? Two, three years probably. Um you know, the, he's thirty nine years of age. So it's not like they they have brought in a guy who, you know, has a can play for six, seven years. So it is a, a small window. Everybody from the GM to the head coach to the offensive coordinator to the QB is going to, um, you know, be be under pressure. Pressure sometimes creates diamonds. That's what the Jets faithful are going to be hoping for.
1: Connor, I just want to ask you a question around the uh, the wide receiver uh, combos that came in during free agency. And it, feel, it does feel like a lot of these players were brought in to kind of satisfy Rodgers, in particular Randall Cobb like, I'm not sure how much he's got left in the tank. Alan Lazard has obviously been kind of one of his favourites. He got him in. And one that's kind of floated under the radar because of the amount of Packers players that have come in, because there is quite a other few, you know, offensive line, Turner on the defense, Amos. But uh, Nicole Harbin has come in from the Chiefs, and whilst he's been inconsistent for the Chiefs at times, you know, he's carried a lot of injuries. He's quite a dynamic player, and someone that could take the, the top off a of defense. Like, Are we looking at a player there that maybe will step step away from the kind of uh, scrutiny and coverage that would be around the players that have come in from Green Bay, as opposed to a player who's played for the Chiefs, won a Super Bowl, and on say can be really good in the league.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's he's the one acquisition there that you think actually adds to what they have, you know, rather than just maybe cluttering up that wide receiver room. You know, you, do you really want to be taking uh, targets away from from Garrett Wilson as explosive as he is? What you want to be doing is taking attention away from Garrett Wilson, which is what Hardman is capable of doing. And um, those others, as you say, big question mark over how much they have in the tank and to the extent to which they're there just to placate Rodgers and and replicate his version of the uh, of, of the Tom Brady fantasy in. Uh, in 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 new york and um, the other example that this brings to mind of course that we haven't talked about is is the rams when when they went and got stafford to to, to load up and, and go after the nfc but that to me and to your point column is qualitatively different from what the jets face here because if you look at the afc and you're not the chiefs the bengals or the bills you got to go and beat the bengals the chiefs or the bills you know assuming that they all turn out to be as good and we'll talk about the bills shortly as good as we kind of expect them to be this year it's a it's a tough, tough, tough conference to come out of, as we've been saying again and again and again. So, what sort of record are you going to need to post to get to the to get to the the playoffs in good shape? You don't want to be going there as a wild card in, in the AFC. It's just such a tough path. We talked when we were talking about the AFC North about the path that the Bengals had last year, and fair play to them, they damn near pulled it off. But you really don't want to be going on the road in the divisional in the divisional round, and uh, in an AFC Championship game, we talked about the importance of the Chiefs playing all of those AFC Championship games at home, and what that has ultimately led to in terms of their appearances in the Super Bowl and their ability to convert them into into wins. And um, the Jets really don't want to start the season slowly. And you know, to your point, column, it's a very, very demanding media market. It's a demanding um, part of the world to be in, and, and there, there's no time to kind of figure it out. You know, you got to fly the plane and get up to Mach one pretty pretty quickly.
1: Colin, one thing that he really obviously had in Green Bay for large parts of his time there was a really strong offensive line and the Jets really have kind of suffered over the last couple of years, like McCoy Beckton was one of the four that was, you know, drafted in, in April 2020. He's had his way, and it looks like he's kind of back now and refocused, and they went centre in the second round, they brought an offensive line in the fourth round. A lot of Jets fans said they really wanted to see offensive line in the fourth round. It didn't play out that way, and they went defence. Is that something that's still a bit in, in flux? You know, Rodgers may have a may play well, but he could be in there constant pressure. Like, are we going to see an offensive line that's going to be bang on the money come week one because that sometimes takes that transition from a new quarterback. We saw it with Jensen in in Tampa how he couldn't get over the amount of stuff in which he was being fed by Tom Bray and it was like, you know, compared to what he's so used to it. because that's something that's going to take a long time to gel and we're going to see that kick in straight away. That's going to be difficult.
0: Yeah, I like, I mean, you say it didn't play out that way. It didn't play out that way because Bill Belichick <laughs> as basically allowed the Steelers to, to go up and get Broderick Jones. And I think the Jets' thinking was probably somewhat similar to what the Bucks did with Tristan worst Get the young tackle in, have the experienced hand at QB there, um, but the talent will, will carry him. And obviously that didn't work out. Now, they brought in Billy Turner, who is serviceable, has a lot of experience, um, would have played uh, with him in... Uh, Green Bay but, but that is a piece obviously that they're going to have to have concerns around because again it doesn't matter how good um a quarterback you are you need the, the o light. that's why the Chiefs went out and invested in it the way they did that's why the Bengals have invested in it the, the way they did so that is something that you know you'd have to, to keep an eye on Now defensively they had like you know, they have been really impressive and sauce is just so good. And um I think the pieces that they have added uh, should, should help. And I think Salah is a very good um defensive uh, coach. So, you know, they, they, but they, they need, given they are in the AFC, um, their offense has to be more than merely serviceable that, that the days of, you know we can rely on a really good defense and a serviceable offense. Um, those are over, um, and so yeah, you you would have to say it is so a little bit of a of a concern that probably don't have the line exactly where uh, they they want it. And I think um, with Brees Hall coming back from an ACL injury, I go you know what what's that look like? You know unless you're Adrian Peterson. And there are very few Adrian Petersons coming back off an ACL injury. For a running back, generally takes a, a little bit of time, no matter how talented you are. I'm
1: going to close out the Jets one with a bit of bit of fun, guys. I know it's the end of June, but we've all commented on their schedule. Um, I'm going to throw a few games at you, and I want a few. Uh, the early early picks come come September, it could all be very different. They started off with the Bills at home. Do you think they'll win that game, Conor?
2: So I'm going to go out in a limb here, and I may be showing my hand in terms of what I'm going to say about the Bills. I think they will win it,
0: colin I I I think, yeah, I, I think I think they at home. I, I think it, they the fact that they start at at home. I'm going to say that they have a real a real shot with the way, and we're going to come to the Bills, but with the way things are playing out, um, up in Buffalo, and with the way I expect the Bills to start the season, I, I think the Jets are in with a shot of winning that.
1: I'll go Bills. Uh, I'm going to give you up to their boy week because they are early in the season. Uh, Cowboys on the road, week two.
2: Now they're losing that one in my view.
0: Colin? I, I, I'm I'm going to I'm going to have them at two and zero after the the first two weeks.
1: Pats at home week three. I'll give them the win. Connor,
2: yeah, I'm not going to argue with you there. I think they'll win that
0: one. No, Bill Be- 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 Belichick is going. I mean, this this he is going to absolutely do everything he possibly can, uh, to, to ruin on the Jets parade. The okay. is possibly the the you know the main motivating factor in the man's life. Uh, so I'm going to say no. He Bill's going to get one over on them.
1: We'll have to come back to these now. Come, uh, come September October and see where we're at. Um, is on a Monday Sunday night football home to the Chiefs. Chiefs for
2: me. Well, that's an L for me as well for, for the Jets. I mean, yeah,
1: yeah. For me, they start to two and zero,
0: but after week four, they're two and two.
1: Colin, what can give us a one on this one? there? Broncos on the road. I, I give I give the Jets to win.
0: I, oh
2: God, go I I'm giving that one to the Jets as well.
0: <laughs> I, I I've got I, well in that in that case I'm gonna go. They start two and zero. They're not they're now two and three
1: after five weeks. <laughs> Right, Connor, and then they close out, uh, here we go again, like week six, uh, before their boy week, at home to the Eagles.
2: I have them starting pretty well, but I think they're going to book a loss there. What does that make me? Th- I I think I'm putting them three and three over those six games. I'm sitting on the fence, really.
1: I'm at two and four.
0: Connor. I, I'm two and four as
1: well. I, I don't think they beat the Eagles. And I'll show another, rim, another one in. Do you know how they play the week after the boy week? The Giants,
0: and that's a an loss. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, he, so well, I, yeah, I, I think, you're, okay, so after after their first seven games, I have them probably three and four. That's uh, probably not what Jet fans want to hear. That would may well change by the time, you know, we get to. Uh,
1: that's just, yeah, I suppose the reason why I wanted to do it, yeah. I know it's only a bit of, it's only a bit of tongue-in-cheek come, come the end of June, but like like we touched on before we started recording like, it's a really tough schedule and we haven't even got into the second part of the season and they're playing predominantly most of the games at the start of the season at home. And I know that can go a very different way. Like some teams tend to be better on the road, you know, in the second half of the season as opposed to being on the pressure playing home games. It just talks about the enormity of what the hell them in a competitive division. We haven't even got into many divisional games there. Just the one in, sorry, we had the two of the Patriots and, and the Bills. We're going to come to the Patriots now. Um, Key storylines for me this offseason would be, I suppose, the return of Bill O'Brien and we saw last year, and this time last year, Colin Wright called it on the show around the fact that this this storyline had kind of been introduced around. It wasn't a storyline, but it really was. And uh, Mark, one of our former uh, colleagues on the show, kind of dismissed it immediately as there's no storyline here. Bill Belichick knows what he's doing, but he didn't know what he was doing. And at the end of the season, he corrected it and brought in Bill O'Brien. And Mac Jones last year, was you could see the frustration. He just didn't seem to be sure who was calling the plays at times. And he was a bit erratic. And I think having the two guys there didn't help his development. So I'd imagine a bit of an upward turn this year. And they have brought in some really strong players off- offensively doing quite a lot this this offseason. Like you got um the tight ends come in from Miami. and um, I let you pronounce Colin. I think the name escapes me. Big guy that Mark Cochrane used to love. Um Kaziki. Yeah. Schuster's come in from the Chiefs. I mean they've done their I'll start with you, Column. Like is it a case of Mac Jones was the Concern actually, we saw the quarterback scenario where he was in, he was there, which was the Zappy experience. Like, if the offense is to return to winning ways in terms of putting up good numbers, are we going to see a kind of a reverse to form in terms of the Patriots be more productive and, and back challenging for this division?
0: There be competitive because they'll always be competitive under Bill Belichick but and and getting O'Brien in is a good move right he's a very good offensive mind now he didn't overlap um with Mac Jones in Alabama but you, you you know they're both products of the the Alabama system as such so I imagine um that you know you will see Mac Jones take a step forward last year was very bizarre, right, in in all the decisions that Belichick made, that decision to, at one stage, pull, um, you know, Matt Jones, and then Zappi comes in, the crowd go bananas up until Zappi is terrible. So nobody really knew what was going on. And, you know, while obviously you need, you know, your there needs to be accountability, you need your quarterback to, to step up, when they don't know if you're going to pull them mid-game or not, that doesn't help anybody. So it, it will be interesting to, to see, I suppose, how how they do. And yeah, they, they have added in some pieces, though you wouldn't say any of those pieces are absolute superstars. Um and you know, serviceable work on like we, we'll see. The the piece where they're very light is and they brought in um Calvin Anderson from the, the Broncos, but you know, you, you would I wonder, in terms of the, there are two starting tackles. Um, I suppose our, our guys who Trent Brown, Riley Refts, have missed time in the in the past. Now last year they actually in in various they didn't, but would you count them doing that again? So that that is a piece where um, there are some concerns. I to me, yeah, Mac Jones will be better. Yeah, the offense will be better. We know the defense will be, should be decent, um, but will will it be good enough?
1: Connor, they did go very defensive heavy in the draft. Um, Connor touched on the trade with the Steelers, but Christian Gonzalez was a player that was expected to go top 10. Again, out of Oregon, he, he falls to 17 at cornerback. And, and one thing the pages have always done quite well is. You know they find these quarterbacks in the them they turn them into the great players. And then, funny enough, and Colin called it out, I think for a year or so ago, when Jackson went to the Chargers, they seemed to go off and get the money somewhere else and never seemed to play out to be the same player in which they were on the on the pages on the Belichick. Keon White was a guy and it was expected to go first round. He goes second round to the, to the pages. You've got Matthew on there, a really strong nucleus there with other players that can really that can do a good job. Like, is it very much reliant on this offense because the defense? You would imagine nine times out of ten would play well enough to keep them in games like, like the different large parts of last season.
2: Yeah, I think so and look, even with the decent defensive performance last year, I mean, they didn't really get the maximum out of some of their role players strangely enough. Matthew Judon looked a little bit off at a time towards the back end of the last season. Certainly wasn't producing the same level he was when they went on their uh, unlikely playoff run the previous year. And, yeah, you know, I, th- I think Bill O'Brien has to make a difference on, on on the offensive side of the ball as well. She's like the Matt Patricia experiment just didn't work out at all. It's probably counts as one of the worst calls Belichick has made uh, in his time there. And that just really fell flat on its face and and you could see the you know what it did to, to Mac Jones, you know, it, he he was so frustrated and then he was picked up a, a couple of times with pitch side microphones kind of giving out about what he was being asked to do and it really threw him and this this is a player who in my opinion, has you know quite a high floor, but probably a low ceiling. Like I think you get you know a, a serviceable level of Mac Jones, and at times he can elevate his play uh, and do some special things, but probably not consistently enough to, to 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 make a ripple in terms of the elite quarterbacks that are in, even in that conference. Never mind in, the, in in the league as a whole. Um so what you need around that then is some some real dynamism and some proper scheming, and, and you know crucially some some weapons, which. Belichick's always loved his tight ends and he loves his two tight end sets and Gazicki definitely f- f- looks like a Patriot. He looks like the kind of player that you can see thriving in that offense and and with Bill O'Brien who, if memory serves me, was the guy who had Hernandez and Gronk in that, you know, fearsome tandem um, back in the day when they made their Super Bowl run that just uh, just fell short that one particular season. And, so, yeah, and they've got smith Schuster in, as you say, so they, they look a lot better set on that side of the ball and yeah, the, you, you get a... You don't have to squint too hard to see the Patriots get into nine and eight, right? That they, they, they seem to be able to do that in their in, in their sleep. Um, what do you get any more than that, then, is, is, is the question, because that's not what they're in this for. They're not in this to be mediocre. That's not who they are. That's not what their culture is. That's not what Bel- Belichick is all about. So, um, as you say, one of the things that will be his his legacy is his ability to develop players. You know, I've said it before, we always talk about draft and develop is the sustainable way of success, people overweight on the draft and you gotta hit in the draft. It's not about hitting in the draft. It's what you do once you get the players in the building. The good locker rooms, the good cultures, the consistently good teams, Steelers, the Ravens, the Packers, the, the 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 Patriots obviously are the ones that, you know, turn those lumps of coal into diamonds and and, and chisel them out over a year or two and you know, you, you forget as well it's not just about who they've drafted this year, it's who they drafted last year who's gonna take take a step forward this year. Because that's what they do. That's what's made them who they are. So you're looking for the players that that, that are already around and have another year under their belt to step forward and and the players who young and young and all as they are are the leaders in that locker room like the Judons to find their best form. And you know, you, again, we talked about the Jets and how you're betting against history, expecting them to suddenly turn it around and be be champions. You know, you're betting against history, expecting the the, the, the Patriots to be chumps, even though it was an under, underwhelming season last year. They still have a lot of pieces there that you could assemble a, a very competitive team from. And you know, you're not going to bet against Belichick doing that.
1: Conor, you touched on there was there really good players in their own way in terms of who really they brought in and free agents. You don't have kind of a Stand out number one wide receiver at the time of recording. DeAndre Hopkins still hasn't signed for any particular team. And last week, there was a lot of noises that he was going to sign the pages. It hasn't materialized. It may come around again. Would you see him, despite the kind of time he's had in Arizona, as that kind of player that could come in and be the guy, the number one wide receiver that they really require? Or is he going to be another guy that would share, I suppose, the snap, the plays, and the, I suppose the looks from a quarterback standpoint? Um, or will he become the vocal point of the offense Is that fair to I- say?
0: I think he'd be very much the, the number one if he if he was to to go there, and we've seen Belichick bring players in before towards the end of their career, and he you know pretty successful in in terms of, of doing that. Now, um, you, we remember also though a couple of years ago when they went out. Remember they spent a huge amount of money in free agency, and obviously that re, you know didn't didn't really work. So. Um, you know you have to be careful, but I, I think Hopkins could make a lot of sense. Now, at the time, as we were recording this, I see there was a video of him in New York today with people speculating on the the Jets. Um, but I mean, look, it's it's at least Lee season. It's um, who, who knows the the other piece is obviously like their their running back room is going to look very different as well, and that's something that where they've traditionally kind of you know, done running back by committee and uh, they kind of did that maybe before anyone else Um, but they moved on from some and they brought in um Robinson who was down in Jacksonville and at one point looked a, a very good running back Um, but then in, injury seemed to, you know, like, it. it's really difficult to know what exactly it was. Was there more to it than injury because uh, at one point, he, you know, even after coming back, he, he seemed to be doing okay. Um, but he really fell off last year. He went up to the the Jets, and even after the hall injury, uh, I think he he ended up like playing only maybe four games, and he like less than a hundred yards total in those four games. Um, Patriots bring him in. And he doesn't even last until the end of OTAs. So oh, let's see. There, there are still you know lots of, uh, of um, players out there on the the market. So and you know we've seen guys who started uh, you know on practice squads end up doing um, a job in in terms of running backs. Um, but I I do I do think you know that they. If Hopkins was to come in, that that would be a really legitimate kind of number one because I think Smith-Schuster is he's he's no longer the player who I think at one point with the the Steelers he had like nearly 1, 1,400 yards in in the season at one point. I don't think he's that type of player. I think he's a very solid number two, um, but I, but I do think Hopkins would make a big difference to this team.
1: Yeah, and we're interested in one. We'll probably come to when we speak to the Bills. Damian Harris, who was really productive, uh, running back for the Patriots, now signed with the Bills. So it'll be interested to see the impact of that within the division. And we 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 did a few games, so I'll just call him, not necessarily picks, but just calling out their schedule. They start with the Eagles at home, Dolphins at home, and the Jets on the road. I mean, Connor's given a win against the Patriots, or sorry, against the Jets in week three, but Connor, there's a scenario there where you can see them losing all three games. She's to the-
2: the computer really hates the AFC East this year, doesn't it? They seem to all start with with horrific schedules to begin, um, which you know is, is interesting enough when you're when you're measuring up that division. Maybe maybe three and three after six games isn't a bad place to be in the AFC East. They may all be taking taking wins off each other and taking scraps.
1: Yeah, absolutely tough start to the season. And the Dolphins is the next one up. They uh, they made the playoffs last year, from a really sterling performance in Buffalo when no one gave them much Thompson much of sorry much of a chance with Scarlett Thompson as the quarterback, and, you know, we spoke about it on the Monday after the show. If it wasn't for some kind of poor play calling and game management towards the end of the game, they potentially could have went down and won that game. And I think this is all about, too, like, to pick up the 50-year option, you know, he was, he was in and out of the team last year. I don't think the Dolphins came out, you know, looking very good in terms of how they managed the, the concussion scenarios. And then we had Teddy Bridgewater getting a concussion in Cincinnati as well. But on their day, offensively last season, we saw some really strong performance with Tyreek Hill and Waddle in Baltimore in particular, where they put up 50-odd points, came back from three touchdowns down. Like they've got the players up to you, first. They've got the team, the attributes. Not a lot of activity in free agency, but Mike McTagney going into a second year, you would expect a little bit more stability on the team that you would expect to be challenging the Bills again this year.
2: Yeah, I think so. But as you say, it, it comes down to, and given the nature of 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 the brain injuries that have, that have plagued them, and you know, let's stop calling them concussion, it's brain injury. Um, let's hope he's healthy because that that's not something you want to see anybody carrying around with them and, and you you hope he's he's well protected and uh, by the protocols as well in the NFL doesn't end up in any sort of trouble but it's really it's either into a newer if you'll permit me to cooperolafo kub- since i'm just back from the Gutic this week haven't picked up the young scholar from our household or else they're going to have to look for quarterback newer to take them to the take them to the next stage um, you rightly referenced that playoff game which showed us a lot about the character and and what they have i I love mike mcdaniel like he's just relentlessly entertaining he's you know these crazy kind of gnomic utterances on and off the pitch now one of my highlights for last year and not just because it involves justin fields and the bears was that like little sideline um tete-a-tete they had the really funny one where fields is tearing them up rushing all over the place and mcdaniel literally says to him stop stop it and the two of them shared a good laugh about like who does that on the in the heat of battle, like I, I just I love watching him. I love his offensive mind and the and the, the way he schemes. And um, it's you know that Tyree kill and, and Jalen Waddle combination. It, it's 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 so exciting to watch. Um, it's just turbocharged speed kills as 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 everyone says. And you know it's it's easy to say that well, two is thrown to those guys like anybody could light it up with. But you know he he showed at times. And isn't there something as well? It, it, there's something nice about watching a left-handed quarterback throw the ball as well. It does present a different picture, and it creates um, different offensive possibilities on the field. It does some, somehow bizarrely seem to throw defenses off a little bit there. They're they one of the teams that I'm really looking forward to seeing th- this season. I don't think they did an awful lot because I don't think they needed to do an awful lot. And um, if Tua can stay healthy and if he continues in his development, I think they were right to pick up his, his 50-year option because it's absolutely the best choice available to them, considering what they they would have had to give up to to do something else to to get someone of a, of a similar or higher higher standing to 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 put them in the zone. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's a lot to play with there, and there's a lot to play for. And I expect them to do well this year, I have to say. But, you know, all of that depends on, uh, on Tunga Wailoa.
1: Calender um, law for free free signing signed with with uh, David Long, the linebacker that came in from Titans. And it was a kind of a position of need last year. They got in cash in their own game at times. But two players stood out for me, and it was more offense. And they did seem, they, they brought in some serious with offensive line guys. But Ravi Anderson comes in. who's you know, he's been up and down over the course of the last few years. I think he's changed his name again recently. And Braxton Berrios has come in who on his day for the Jets was a really productive player and a nice slot receiver. Are you surprised they didn't do more in defense? And then obviously there was no first round pick because of the SAG in which they were inquiring with Tom Brady and it was deemed to be they were breaking all the rules and had the, uh, the first round pick taken away. But I would have thought Brennan when the way the season ended where defense became more of a problem than the offense at times. They would have focus a little bit more on that. But he kind of went the other way. Are they trying to stack up an offense and outscore teams in a, in a division where you need to be putting the bag be 30 points maybe against a Jets' offense and a Bills' offense?
0: Well, there's there's two things to it. They got Jalen Ramsey, um, and obviously that's a, a big piece. Now, we, we will have to see how that goes, right? Because Jalen Ramsey last year didn't look like the Jalen, the Jalen Ramsey of old. And, you know, that's it, 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 we live now, because of social media, we live in an age where um you know uh, a cornerback gets burned once and you know they're they're done and all my uh, you know I, they, it's it's always but like all cornerbacks are going to get done like the nature of the game is that that's just going to happen and especially with the emphasis on it so I, I am interested to see um what he's got left in the tech he's 28 um we we know he is very talented we know he's also very opinionated and um he, if people remember him showing up in the the Brinks uh, armored truck uh, when he was uh, with Jacksonville and he wanted the the new contract, uh, so he's uh, he's back in Florida. The other piece is obviously they brought in Vic Fangio, and uh, that that I suppose they are hoping that Vic's defensive capabilities. Um, maybe that is why um, they weren't as as active because. You know, they're I suppose Fangio um has an ability certainly on the defensive side to, to find players and kind of undrafted guys or guys who are free agents and um bring them in and have them play well. But I think there will be a lot of pressure because it is gonna be I, I think they will get a lot of focus this summer. I really do. Um, you know, um Mike, mike mcdaniel is uh he's very funny he's very witty he's great in front of microphone uh it's going to be kind of a double act with him and fangio who's you know, notoriously kind of gruff so I, I think the media that will play well um and i, I think they're probably you know where w- with to uh um and and where what the the pieces around him like his health is is what's paramount um but they're kind of the expectation would be obviously that they would, you know, make a real push. Last year was the opposite to the Brian Flowers years in that under Flowers, remember they used to start terribly and then they'd go on these amazing runs towards the end of the, the season. And last year obviously with the injuries, um, the wheels really came off in the back end of the the season. Um they I think it was the The low-scoring game against the Jets that kind of ultimately got them over the line, and we—they went in with their backs against the wall in the playoff game, and they performed. Um, So it—it like they should be like they, in theory, they have a great offensive-minded head coach, right? Who can scheme, who can come up with ideas. They have a defensive-minded coach who is a brilliant schemer, who, you know, um, so they, they have the coaching in place. They have a lot of the, the players in place. I think the expectation has to be that they would make a, a serious push this year and they should be capable of, of doing it.
1: Connor, is the Mike White signing as a quarterback kind of recognizing the fact that there's no, there's no guarantee two will play. Entirety of the season because of the number of injuries he picks up and they're trying to bring in someone who they believe they can step in and win games for him. Because he, there was a few bright spots for the Jets and on his day he looks like a quarterback. I mean, I remember last year they lost the game in Buffalo and he got absolutely destroyed by the, the Bills defense and still found a way to keep him in the game. Towards the end, similar enough in Minnesota, like he has, he has his attributes. He could be a quarterback that could do, do good stuff for them
2: yeah look uh, he, to to coin column's phrase from earlier he's one turkey who got out of the pen and, and looks like he, he can actually gobble a few things up if if he gets going like he's a serviceable backup you know and what you want is a guy who can come in and just not crash the car into the first tree that he sees right just that can and he's got the weapons around him let's face it it's not the worst and um, the worst offense to be coming into if if two does go down you know uh, with Skyler Thompson, they were never going to go anywhere in the playoffs, and yet, as as you pointed out, they almost did. Although, and we'll come to the Bills very shortly. I think that maybe says a little bit more about Buffalo than it does about Miami. To to be to be 100 fair, but I, I think it's a, it's it's a good signing. Like backups get paid in the NFL, as we know, and it's not that easy to find a good one. You know, you watch guys like Mike Glennon, and they just keep bouncing around, getting gigs somehow or other. And um, Mike White is is one of the better pickups. I would have thought in the offseason, a smart move by the Dolphins.
1: Colin, before we close out, just uh, keep with the team of their schedule. Uh, three or four, four games on the road. Uh, Chargers week one, Patriots week two, your Broncos at home week three, and then on the road again in Buffalo. Where's it? How many wins?
0: I think they're going to be really disappointed by that, to be honest, because um, playing at home for them in September is an enormous advantage. Like we we've all seen it. Like the the, the way. Uh, they're the road team. Their sideline is right in the sun. Uh, It can get up to 120 degrees on that sideline. And you've seen teams really struggle. Like they're just bringing out these, you know, the huge tubs of uh, ice towels and guys just immediately kind of putting it on their heads once they uh, step off the, the field. So I think that they'll actually probably be another team in uh, the AFC East, who's unhappy with the way in which the, the schedule has uh, fallen for them. Um, I like it. it it's it's uh, it's tough to know where, I, I, I do think they after, because again, I do think there'll be an awful lot of scrutiny given where all these teams, these Coast does get a lot of scrutiny. But as I said, with Mike McDaniel and Vic Fangio there, and with the Tua stuff, I, I think they need to start quickly i i think they really would want to to be setting two and one after um the the third week because otherwise again there the the doubts will creep in you'll start to get the questions around Tua and the following year and that becomes the focus and we saw that with amara you know last year that will just be the never-ending question that's just going to come up time and time again
1: I'm Going to say at the start of season two, and oh, I don't think going to Southway week one is as difficult in terms of the atmosphere that you're going into against the, against the Chargers team that I think are still a little bit up and down. I think they'll have enough to beat the Patriots. Um, and we come to the Bills, the defending champions of the division, and there is so many storylines around this team. And I'll start with you, Connor. For me, it's, a, it's, it's quite a, le- a lot of negative stuff going on. I mean, we've seen recently over the past week the storylines come out that. McDermott took ownership of the defensive calls with 13 seconds to go in that playoff game and it's kind of caused a little bit of animosity with Leslie Frazier and that's kind of one of the underlying issue as to why he walked away from the team and then you've got Stefan Diggs who last year on a number of times was a bit outspoken we saw Thanksgiving Day the end of the playoff game and then last week was a bit strange I know we spoke about it he's here he's not here Sean McDermott kind of had to backtrack on what he said the first day and said oh no I was aware he was here it just doesn't feel like It's the Bills of the last couple of years. It was a great team. doesn't feel like everything is, you know, right inside the the organisation.
2: No, it doesn't. Um, And you'd have to say, and I'll put my cards on the table here, if you'd asked me before last season, I'd pick the Bills to win the Super Bowl. I thought it was going to be a Bills 49ers Super Bowl and and that the Bills would win. So I was wrong on pretty much all counts there. Um, Are they in better shape this year than they were last year? I I don't think so. They're, They're one of the teams in this division that I look at and go... To put it kindly, they've plateaued and, and they may even be slipping backwards here. I mean, when they when they signed Von Miller last year, you thought, yeah, that's kind of like we were talking about the Rams. That's a team going for that one extra piece because they really feel that they just need to add one more element to push them over the top. And, and they're really going to go for it this year. And they were slightly unlucky there um, because he got injured, obviously, on Thanksgiving and didn't come back and, and doesn't look to be fully back either. Might not actually start week one for them, which will be a concern. Even when they do get him back though, it's it's almost like adding a new player in, given the impact he, he could make, you know, bearing in mind that we had to see at his age uh, whether he comes off the injury in, in, in full power and that is a something of a question mark. Um apart from that, they haven't moved in the off season like a team like you would expect a team to if they really want to push it and, and and put put all the chips in the center of the table. Um they, they haven't you know they've been linked to DeAndre Hopkins who looks like the kind of player you would think that 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 an offense like this would want to slot in as that one extra guy that you know the Odell Beckham Jr. As, as the Rams had or the Antonio Brown that the Bucks had or, or you know pick, pick whichever other example you want that just gets you there and gives you that extra dimension to to to, to cut it through and, and, and go over the top but uh, they haven't done that and and now you're dealing with all the off-season stuff that you quite rightly point out, Stefan Diggs isn't happy. Leslie Fraser doesn't look like he was happy. And, and you know, the, this play calling on both sides of the ball now seems to be an issue. Diggs doesn't like the way the plays are being called as a wide receiver, although nothing new there. Wide receivers who don't get targeted on every single play will, will always have a problem with the offensive coordinator and with the play calling, if, if, uh, particularly if the team doesn't win. Um, but, I mean, those two playoff games last year, to me, kind of were, were, were said very worrying signs about, about who they are and, they were very lucky to get over the Dolphins, ultimately, and undermanned Dolphins without two, as we've just talked about. And the Bengals, you know, we mentioned it when we were talking about the North, went into their building and just handled them. I mean, they got thrown around there. They were 17 point defeat. They were they were embarrassed. They never looked remotely competitive in that game for, for all that they had shaped up as Super Bowl contenders before the season. Um, so, I don't know, is, is has that just put the doubts in their mind? Has that you know maybe shattered some of the unity that they have and some of the sense of purpose that they have you know I, I, apart from everything else given the situation with 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 Damar Hamlin you would have thought that this was a team that was was galvanized going into the playoffs and would really have the the shortest, sor- sword as sharp as it could possibly be and it ended up being completely blunted in that you know very humbling loss in, the, in their own building like I, I really see these as a team that you know, and, and you, uh, no secrets of where I'm going here is is not going to be in the same place that they were last year. I, I, I don't see them as, as the same level of contender that they were. They're still a dangerous team. They've still got so many pieces in place and talent on, on, on all sides of the ball. But something seems to be dimmed there that the, the, light, the light isn't burning as bright. And, and you know, i remain to be convinced otherwise. Callum,
1: kind of uh yeah, uh, Connor right, caused it with Von Miller and brought in Jordan Phillips Shaq Lawson the players that have been around there before and, and returned to the team and I suppose they're trying to build a kind of a stability there within the defence because we did see in quite a few games towards the end of the season that they just didn't perform at the level we saw earlier in the season I think we understand that acquisitions is, is Connor McGovern the, uh, sorry, the offensive line is coming from the Cowboys when they probably did marquee offensive line guys on the market last March where are you on this are you are you concerned like we saw Josh Allen at times, even in that Bengals game, he was very argumentative with, with Bengals, but I like, get the intensity of a game, but like he just he didn't seem like it at times last season. He seemed to be up and down. It was the Jets game as well, where he was shown we talked spoke about needless interceptions last year. We touched on whether it was the Brian Dable effect that he'd moved on and he had a different offense coordinator, and teams just never seemed to be he didn't seem to for me be the same as short quarterback we saw on the Dable. Is that fair to say? Do you think that was the case last year? Um
0: yeah, but I, I think there were reasons for it, right? I I think the thirteen seconds played on their minds so much last year, right? Think about the way they opened the season last year. They that first game they played, and I have said it before, but I said it again. They played with their hair on fire. They were sensational in that opening game, and they looked and. You know, I I had them like um, I had the, them and the Eagles in the, the Super Bowl, uh, and they were favorites. They were, you know, they, people looked at them in the FC, They were the favorites to to get to the, the Super Bowl. And They came out in that first game, and they looked they looked like that was the case. But as the season went on, and remember all the stuff around the weather, um, you know, the players having to be picked up um, on snowmobiles in order to be taken to the airport. Everything just seemed to Thunder Snow. There was Thunder Snow. Thunder Snow, yeah. I mean, games having to, to be played away. Um, it there, there were so many different factors in it. It just seemed to kind of wear them down. And um Bill Barnwell had a, a really kind of interesting piece around the way in which um Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs responded to the two eye shell look, right? Because the Chiefs obviously moved on from Tyreek Hill. And what the Chiefs did was instead of getting standouts other than Kelsey, because he can't cover Kelsey, but with the receivers, they made it so that, like, previously it was, okay, if we can shut Hill down, that takes the deep option away, and ultimately the other guys aren't good enough. Whereas last year, um, the, the, the receivers were all good enough to to require you to cover them, right? And, and that's very difficult for a defense to do it, and what they also did was they moved off of a play that birds a lair, and they um, we've talked about it before. They brought in an absolute bruiser of a, a running back, right? And so you can take advantage, therefore, of the lighter boxes, and you force teams into not being able to play the too high shell all the time. And then when Patrick Holmes gets the opportunity, the the Bills. It depends on have they learned the lesson, right? So um, Patrick Holmes and the Chiefs did. Will Josh Allen. Last year, he forced it too much, right? And if he didn't see it open, he took off running. That was all they seemed to do. Now, they have brought in Damien Harris in the offseason. And they've made some changes to, to the O-line. The, the Diggs thing is is an interesting piece. And I, I would love to know what happened um, exactly. We we don't know. But to me, I suppose the, the fact that they brought in Dalton Kincaid in the first round, is an indicator that they're gonna change it. They're gonna look for a lot more power up up um, in their uh, in their offensive plan uh, for the the new season. I don't. I think they'll change how they approach it. I mean, Connor I, is I pointed out that Vaughn mightn't start the season. I think they'd be okay with that, right? Because last year again, Vaughn was there from the off, like Von Miller and the the likes of Frank Clark last year those type of players come alive really in the playoffs. That's where you want those guys to come alive. And they kind of wasted it last year. So I think they'd be quite happy, you know, to have Avon come in maybe towards the, the back end of the, the season. So I think they need to take a, a different approach. But there are there are things. I mean that the fact that McDermott took over the 13 seconds that that's only coming out now. Um yeah th- there are there are certain things that that worry me. Um, there are other moves that they've made that I can say, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, we'll we'll have to see how things kind of play out in training camp and, and early in the season. But I think their approach will be
1: different this year. And let's not forget to be in London week five against against the Jags. before that, um, I think you're talking about, Connor, you're talking about kind of a tough schedule. I think they may have landed the easier start of the season. Touched on the Jets week one. Raiders week two. Commanders week three. Dolphins week four, I could see a scenario where it could be these three and one going to London potentially. I'll just ask you this before we wrap up, um, who's your favourites for the division? I know never mind the betting aspect of what's out there, but right now, bearing in mind everything that's been done this offseason, do you still see the Bills as a slight frames? I think Connor kind of get the impression you're not leaning that way. Um that, are you going with it? Would you see the Jets as the favourites? Tough they're one. natural. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough one they're
2: the they're the obvious favorites on paper but kind of like you know the, the giant the sorry the lions rather being the obvious favorites in the NFC north i find it hard uh, to give given the evidence of everything we've seen in our in our in our nfl following time to get behind that i am going to be brave here and say i think the dolphins will win the division is your wild card
1: in June can't necessarily a pick just so you think he's the favourites
0: um I, I think as we sit here today, I still have the Bills as the, the favorites because I, there there's not enough there um, for me to, to say that they, the others have, have stepped forward enough. It's un- until you prove it. I think the others have certainly crept up and maybe that, that you know, but maybe that maybe not being the favorites help the helps the Bills in some way. Like I don't think the, the Chiefs being the favourites, right, for um the AFC and, and for the Super Bowl impacts the Chiefs in any way, shape, or there are certain teams, be they be it in the NFL, be it in the, the Premier League, the World Cup, even in the All Ireland, right? Certain teams enjoy being the favourites and are fine with it. And other teams almost need to be and under that, there need to be that perceived kind of um, us against the, the world a little bit. Like, remember the Patriots looking to create that, right? Remember the we're still here nonsense. Uh, at The plucky Patriots uh, with Tom Brady and all his rings that he had at that time and uh, Grog and everything else. We're still here. And sometimes teams kind of need that almost. So it might suit the, the Bills to me. Um, they they remain favorites. But again, you never know what happens in training camp, what happens with digs. That could be different when we're sitting here doing our kind of season preview in August. Well, I'll remind you on that
2: point, though, Colin, of Travis Kelsey's outburst after the Chiefs beat the Bengals. Like they had talked themselves into being perceived as underdogs in their own building last year because it suited their own narrative.
0: True, true. Though I, you, you didn't necessarily you saw Travis do that. You didn't see Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes kind of. Um, bite. Well, nobody gets a word in once Travis gets the microphone. Anyway, he's all very up at the White tr- House. I think I think they're very happy to have Travis be the the clown in that situation.
1: <laughs> well, look, I will lean Bills as well slightly. I think the Jets probably should be famous genuinely based on what they've done, but I think. The Outside noise and the expectation that comes with it might just be a bit too much for the team over the course of the season. Column says, We're still here, we are still here, we're, we're coming up to an hour. And I said at the start of this episode, This is probably the most talked about division last year and this year for the next season. And that's when it reflects the fact that we, we did an hour. Connor, Column, I really appreciate your time as we cover the AFC East. Great episode.